You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. We got some shit to talk about. We got some shit to talk about today, baby. Um, so just a review or, or a, a review of the show, basically a preview of the show. That's my word. That's the word that I'm looking for. Preview of the show. Excuse me. I'm a. Uh, I'm not coughing anymore, but I'm about as nauseous as a motherfucker. And uh, that's because they decided. And hey, you have bronchitis. You're coughing. Let's give you antibiotics, which is fine. That's what they normally give, but they typically give amoxicillin. Um, not me. Not me. I got viral. Vibrotaps or uh, deoxycycline. Um, that's the shit they give to treat chlamydia, gonorrhea. You know, they just want to kill everything. Any bacteria that was in my body, good or bad, is dead. And I'm not coughing no more. <sighs> but uh, but uh, taking this on an empty stomach isn't good. I just want to let you know, doctors. <laughs> I know it absorbs better. Anyway, back to wrestling. Just to let you know, if I ever, like, pause for a minute, it's me trying not to uh, throw up on myself. Um, where are we going to start? Uh, previewing the show. I'm also a little little bit all over the place. I just woke up, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, previewing the show. <laughs> um... Um, so we're going to talk about, speaking of drugs, the Matt Riddle situation that I'm sure that you guys are either starting to hear about, will hear about by the time you hear my podcast, or maybe this is the first time you're going to hear about it. I want to give my thoughts, my opinions on this situation, um, and some of it will be joking because that, that's how a lot of how I get news out because a lot of wrestling news is boring. So, and, and I, that's just the type of person I am. I like to joke about certain things that probably shouldn't be joked about, but we're going to be serious on most of that, that, um, that situation because it is a serious situation. The second thing we're going to talk about is what I'm going to call the IW question mark. Are they a community? Are they not? And, uh, we're going to talk about the the thing that lit the community on fire this past week, and I'm gonna give my opinions officially on the Slapping Meat Wrestling podcast. I talked about it a little bit on TikTok, um, but I'm gonna give my opinions on that 
situation, and we'll get to that here in a, in a minute as well. Um, so you see Riddle, Community, um, we're going to talk about Tony Khan and Sasha Banks. That situation. And we're going to end this episode with me giving 10 superstars in the business today um, that I don't think get enough credit. Now, these could be men's superstars, women's superstars, or tag teams. And by tag teams, I mean, it could be like, so like one person, like I have a tag team on the list, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But when I say don't give enough credit, what I mean by that is either someone who does what they're supposed to do, plays their role, and consistently gets shit on, someone who plays their role great and gets no credit, no one really reacts for them, or someone who I think should be higher in the, the booking because I think they're better than where they're at. And so this is a completely subjective list, but I will give my reasonings just to be sh- just to make this straight. Almost everything in wrestling is subjective. Any list you can create in wrestling is subjective. So go into this list understanding that this is my opinion and you guys can comment, share, post whatever um and uh we will you know that's the best part about having this quote unquote community is because we can discuss ideas so um we'll we'll break in with the serious stuff first and then we can have a little bit fun at the end so let's talk about Matt Riddle um i'm going to read the post word for word um and i want you to understand that wrestling uh journalism if that's what you want to call it i know a lot of people want want me to respect you as a journalist if you're working for like fight for or something hey those are great companies to work for but you're not a fucking journalist you write storylines on or you write articles on the news surrounding storylines. And what I wish these journalists would do is stop posting shit like I'm about to read, which is the real life side of wrestling. Because one, because one, it removes the, the disbelief of the storyline. Like, I don't need to know the real reason Matt Riddle was written off TV. This is my legitimate belief. I don't need to... To know the real reason Matt Riddle was written off TV. That should be between him and his employer. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you worked for a company and you failed a drug test and they wrote an article about why you were suspended without pay? Like, no one needs to know that Matt Riddle got fired or could get fired if he failed another drug test. No one needs to know that. So, my response is journalist if you're a wrestling journalist write about storylines try to keep and i understand kayfabe is dead but the reason kayfabe is dead is because journalists would rather talk about real life behind the curtain issues rather than the shit that we see on tv but they would this is the only art form they would do that in right not really because you know we have the paparazzi and like tmz and shit 
that talks about the behind the curtain aspect of any movie star or actress or actor that right can we not just focus on news that actually matters right so now that I'm done dogging wrestling journalist and the reason I have a, a heart a, a heart of hate really towards most wrestling journalists is they want to be taken serious but 99% of the time the dirt sheets and these journalists are wrong um, they won't name their sources, which I understand no one names their sources in these days anymore. But I want to know where you got your information from, right? You, all you have to say is, I got it from someone in WWE. Okay, that's all I need to know. But but what these tweets say is, according to sources, according to unreleased sources, according to anonymous sources, I want to know where you got your source from. Does he work with WWE? And if he does, how do you know he's telling you the truth? Why would WWE give you any interest? Like, like why? I believe WWE should employ, if they don't, should employ someone who deals with the media, who feeds bullshit to the media, to make them look dumb like they are. Meltzer's dumb. Alvarez is dumb. Sean Ross Sapp is dumb as shit, and he's a pussy. I'm going to take my little anger out on him right now. Motherfucker blocked me for no fucking reason. He's a little simp-ass motherfucker. All right, now I'm done. <laughs> um, but, so these wrestling journalists, I'm going to read the post. Um, this is from Dirt Sheet Radio on Facebook, by the way. Take this with a grain of salt. Just, Just understand that, but... Matt Riddle was written off the TV because, quote, he failed another drug test and will be sent to rehab, end quote. This is what I'm talking about. They don't list their sources, but they say shit like this. Sources have told me that the reason for pushing back the match was because Matt Riddle failed a drug test leading up to SummerSlam. This was also the last test under Vince McMahon's regime. With Vince McMahon no longer in charge, a, quote, new creative direction was taken regarding Riddle, and his big match against Rollins was postponed into Clash of the Castle. Additionally, I was told by these unnamed sources, mind you, that the company informed Riddle at the time that another failed drug test would result in a rehab or fired situation similar to what happened with Jeff Hardy previously. This leads us to Matt Riddle's most recent six-week television write-off. I was able to confirm from these unnamed sources, again, take it with a grain of salt, that the reason WWE wrote Riddle off of TV is because he has failed another drug test and will be sent to rehab. The belief going around is that he has already entered treatment or will be going in as soon as most programs, going in as soon as, as most programs run for 30 days, and he would need to be finished in time for his return for six or his return in six weeks. I asked for clarification on what exactly came up on the failed test, but it should be noted that WWE no longer tests for marijuana, and Dirt Sheet Radio posted that quote or that, that list from bodyslam.net. Um, so yeah, so WWE doesn't test for marijuana anymore. So when I initially read Matt Riddle f failed a drug test, I said, oh, 
he was smoking pot again. This isn't a bad deal. We all know he does it. But the thing for me is, even before they, while they did test for marijuana, Matt Riddle had it in his contract that they wouldn't test him because they all knew he smoked. But then they made a rule where they wouldn't, that they removed it from the banned list. And good for them. So when I read this, and then I saw, oh, they don't test for marijuana. Well, what the hell is he taking? Is he taking steroids? Like, like what other thing is he taking? I wasn't thinking actual drugs. So then Zero News on Twitter spoke to a source on the Riddle situation. Again, notice how these journalists keep their sources, right? All he could have said is spoke to a source inside the WWE or spoke to... I don't understand why you won't name your sources. I just, I don't understand that from the journalistic perspective. I would want to be as transparent as possible. Um, and I understand like it's a, a sort of like a, a code in journalism that you don't name your sources. Um, but if, if the source wants to remain anonymous, then say something like spoke to a, a source that asked to be remained anom- anonymous, but works at so-and-so or something like that, right? Um, or if you have a, a, a source that refuses to give a name or, 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 or wants to remain anonymous, I personally wouldn't use them. I would make it straight up to me like, hey, if you're going to be my source, you're going to be named. So make sure the information is correct. Right. Because if you start na- if we start naming these sources, you think the information would be better? I think it would be. Um, the fact that we're allowing our sources to remain anonymous to me is the reason why so much of this misinformation spreads on this issue. So again, take this with a grain of salt. Zero news um, on Twitter states, spoke to a source on the Riddle situation. Matt Riddle was suspended because he tested positive for cocaine and MDMA, which is um, basically amphetamines, methamphetamines. Second suspension, he was going to rehab for 30 days. One more suspension could mean chopping block. All right, so that's the news. Now, what's my reaction? So my react, my first reaction is, um, I hope Riddle's in the right mindset. I hope he takes this better than Jeff Hardy would take this, right? Because Jeff Hardy would go to rehab, he would come back, and he would do it again. And 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 I'm hoping that Matt Riddle understands that. Hey, you. Here's my thing. I'm not someone who agrees with telling people what they can put and can't put in their body, right? Matt Riddle goes out and risks his body for us every single night that he wrestles. I'm not one that wants to be the one to be the guy. You can't put cocaine in your body. I will say though, if you do cocaine, you shouldn't like operate machinery or something like as long as it's not. Like him killing somebody because he took cocaine or is not, you know, ruining his performances. I could give two fucks what Matt Riddle puts in his body. I don't care about the drugs. What I care about is WWE is sending him to rehab. I hope he handles this better than Jeff Hardy has in the in the in the in the past. 
right? Because Jeff Hardy has gone to rehab and then continued to do drugs. And so for, for Matt Riddle, have I, did I send Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy? I don't even know. I'm on drugs right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, I'm not against drugs. I'm actually in favor if we can get a little bit political. This is where a lot of the people who think like me in terms of general views differ from me. Is I think we should legalize all drugs um, personally or at least decriminalize all drugs. Because I believe that um, if someone wants to choose to take MDMA or cocaine on their own personal time and they're not like risking anybody else's life by doing it, what I mean by that is, you know, they're not snorting a line of cocaine and then getting behind the car and and, and driving because that's risking someone else's life. That's irresponsible behavior. But if, if, if you're snorting that line of coke in your house and you're just going to lay around the house the rest of the night and do cocaine, hey, whatever comes out of that, that's on you, buddy. If you kill yourself because you overdose, that's on you, right? Be, but because you've consented to using the cocaine. And under and what I would assume by that is that you would assume the risk, right, of taking drugs. I would never advocate for drugs, but I think we should legalize drugs so that people who are in need of them um, can use them legally without fear of persecution or fear of prosecution or fear of going to jail. And if they, a lot of overdoses happen and aren't reported because people are scared if they call the police and say, hey, I overdosed on heroin, that, they, that they'll get treatment and then they'll go to jail. A lot of people are scared of that. And so they, they do these high, uh, these dangerous drugs, street drugs on in secret rather than, um, risk going to jail. And I, and I think that that's not right. Right. We should create a, uh, uh, we should create a space where people who decide to use drugs have a safe place to do them safely under regulations or un- under the 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 care of medical professionals who could save them if they happen to to use too much or to overdose right because why is alcohol legal why is cigarettes cool but nothing else is right that's just my take my take on Matt Riddle I hope he does his rehab course I hope he comes back better than ever, and I hope whatever creative direction they have for him puts him over. Because he's a good talent. He's a very good mid-card talent at this point. I don't see him as main card, but this doesn't change my view on Matt Riddle as a person. You're not a bad person because you decide to do drugs. We're going to have people out there who are like, oh, I used to like Matt Riddle. But now that I know that he does cocaine, he's a bad guy. He breaks the law. Fuck you. Like, he wants to feel a high from, now again, if Matt Riddle did cocaine and MDMA and started driving and he wrecked and crashed, that's where my hatred for Jeff Hardy comes in. It's it's not that he does drugs, it's that he's irresponsible while on drugs. And I have proof, because I live in a city where he almost killed somebody when when, when Jeff Hardy wrecked, drunk as shit. 
tore the guardrail all to shreds, tore his car all to shreds, literally like 20 minutes from my house. That's where my hatred for Jeff Hardy comes in. But Matt Riddle, as far as I know, now if more information comes out and he's driving while intoxicated, then yeah, that's irresponsibility on Matt Riddle's part. And that is dangerous. And that is something I would lose respect for him for. But if all he's doing is going home and, and, and popping pills and, and and snorting lines while smoking weed, that's the first off, that's a dangerous combination. He's braver than I am. But I'm not going to hate him for, for doing drugs and trying to get his own high. Right? People want to just feel good. I Just leave him alone. Let him do it. As long as they're not putting other people at risk. Right? Um, and if he's doing it responsibly, all on him. Whatever risk comes out of it, if he loses his job, he knows that he gets tested. That's on him. Right? I don't have anything negative to say about Matt Riddle here. I don't. I know a lot of people expect me to be negative on these certain situations because I was super negative the last time it happened with Jeff Hardy. But as I just explained, I have a a lack of respect for Jeff Hardy because he consistently does this time after time after time after time where he, I don't care if he gets drunk. I don't care if, he's, if he does drugs. I don't. Where Jeff Hardy crosses the line is he gets drunk and he gets behind the wheel of a car. That's the, like, and if there's information that Matt Riddle has done that, where he's gotten high, where he's under the influence of these drugs, and he gets behind the wheel of a car, guess what? I'll say fuck you too to Matt Riddle, because that's irresponsible. But the current information we have now is that that hasn't happened, right? So at this current point, I have nothing negative to say about Matt Riddle. I just hope whenever he comes back... That rehab's enough. Because what they tend to do to Jeff Hardy is... Um, what they tend to do to Jeff Hardy with his with his booking was he tended to you know leave and go to rehab. And when they come back, they wouldn't push him. I hope they at least put Matt Riddle back in a decent storyline. As he deserves to be, to be utilized and shown. Um, and so that's all I really care about the Matt Riddle situation. If more information comes out, I will discuss it. But at this point, Matt Riddle, your opinion, uh, my opinion of you professionally hasn't changed. Go do whatever you want to do with your body. That's on you as long as you understand the risk. Now, if Matt Riddle came out and said, I'm addicted, I can't stop, and started blaming like the drugs rather than him using, I understand addiction is an issue. Um, however, you chose to do it the first time, right? Now, if you, if someone like forced MDMA down Riddle's system that got him addicted, okay, I could see where he can victim blame or play the victim a little bit. But a lot of these druggies, and this is where I'll end it. A lot of these druggies, they purposely take these drugs, they purposely get themselves addicted, and then they want to play the victim like, "Help me, I'm addicted." How about you help yourself? How about you stop using drugs? How about you admit that you're the reason that you're addicted and then maybe you could try to stop using? Now, with a lot of these drugs, you can't just cold turkey stop. So I understand that. Um, I don't know how much rehab's going to help because rehab centers are paid basically to, to get them just close enough to being sober 
But they, they they still feed them drugs if they need it. Like if Matt Riddle was having like withdrawal symptoms that are super bad and he needed cocaine, they'll give it to him. Most rehab centers will. Because at the end of the day, rehab centers, if they cured all the people that walked through the door, there wouldn't be a need for, for rehab, right? If everyone that walked through the door got cured and no one else relapsed, rehab centers would go out of business as soon as everyone got sober, right? So they're, they're in the business of making money. So that, I, that's just how I feel. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on from Matt Riddle to um, Tony Khan and really the Sasha Banks issue, this bank statement. Uh, Sasha Banks basically, from the, the information I gathered, has asked to be the highest paid woman in WWE. And WWE said no. And her contract ends, I think, like January 11th. Um, and the rumors are she's done. That if she's not the highest paid woman in WWE, she's not coming back. My response, bye. We don't need Sasha Banks. I've always said this. Sasha Banks is replaceable. And I said that and someone said, oh, they're all replaceable. No, they're not. Charlotte's not replaceable. You don't replace Charlotte. You can't replace Charlotte. You can't replace Bianca. Right? Those are probably the only two that I... But you can't replace Roman. You can't replace Seth. You can't replace Kevin Owens. You can't replace the Usos. Because you can't get people in the same caliber. I hate this idea that everybody in every company is replaceable. No, they're not. I'm... In my company, no, I'm probably a little bit more replaceable... But let's go with our, let's go with a, a created character, right? A created story. Let's say this guy works in, in real estate, and he's been selling real estate for 25 years, and this year his numbers have gone down. He hasn't been able to sell as much, so the company he works for decides, you're too, we pay you too much for you not to produce like you have been. We're going to replace you with someone younger. We're going to replace you with someone who's cheaper, right? Which is what a lot of companies do. Um, a lot of companies do that, where they'll take the long-tenured employee who makes more than everyone else, and they'll replace them with someone who's who's cheaper. And so let's say this guy, this real estate agent, he gets replaced. But is he really replaceable? Because you could replace him and, and save money, but you're not replacing the talent. You're not replacing the time that you're going to have to put in the training, this new real estate agent, and 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 making sure that he can even reach benefit. Like, right? Say the guy who took his spot. Sure, he's cheaper, but maybe he doesn't produce as much. So, the the say that everyone is replaceable, right? Is what well, Tom Brady is not replaceable, right? You can try to replace Tom Brady. But look at the Patriots now. I'm turning this NFL, right? I'm a Patriots fan. Look at the Patriots right now. Tom Brady left three seasons ago. We're still struggling on trying to find a quarterback to to run the offense as efficiently as Tom Brady did. And we can't, like, Mac Jones is good, but Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. Right, the Buccaneers are probably going to have the same issue next year. Tom Brady is a free agent. Let's say he doesn't come back. 
Who's going to be the quarterback, Buccaneers? Right? Have they thought about this issue? Have they addressed this issue? Who's going to replace Tom Brady? Right? Tom Brady's not replaceable. Someone like Josh Allen, as much as I hate Josh Allen and the Bills, Josh Allen is not replaceable, right? So let's take it back to wrestling. Roman Reigns is not replaceable. Charlotte Flair is not replaceable. Sasha Banks, however, is very replaceable. In fact, I think they've already found the replacement in Roxanne Perez because I'm pretty sure she did the bank statement. Um, which I've never seen her do. I think they're going to turn Roxanne into this type of uh, person that is Sasha Banks. She can she she can move just as good as Sasha Banks. She's younger than Sasha Banks. She's not requiring a shit ton of money, unlike Sasha Banks, right? And the fans love her like they do Sasha Banks. I think Roxanne Perez is going to be the replacement for Sasha Banks on the main roster. Um, which is great. Roxanne is great. I don't necessarily think she's title-worthy. But at what time did WWE ever consider main roster Sasha Banks worthy of the title? Right? The only time they ever gave her titles was when she started complaining. Right? If they had their way, they wouldn't give her titles. And I honestly felt that she, of the four horsewomen, she was fourth. Right? Charlotte was definitely one. Becky was two. Bailey was three. They were all miles ahead of Sasha to me. Sasha really got her press because she's related to Snoop, and I hate, and I don't want to make this about race, but I think the the black crowd loved Sasha Banks. I loved Sasha Banks, but I, I really felt that the, the black fans um, loved Sasha Banks being in the spotlight, and so they, they cheered for her, right? And then when they paired her with Naomi, it was this power group. Right, we're right, and so I'm not saying that Sasha Banks is bad. Understand that I'm not saying she's bad. I don't think she's worth top money because she's not the. Excuse me, she's not the top woman in the company. It would be Charlotte. I can name all the people above Sasha right now: Charlotte, Bianca, Becky, Bailey, Rhea. I would put I would put all of them in front of Sasha Banks right now. And very close to passing would be like Raquel, Shotzi, Liv, um, Mandy Rose could potentially be up there, right? So, Sasha Banks, the, the, the women's division is so stacked as it is. And when I say stacked, I mean there are so many good women on the roster. You're not utilized enough, right? So, now let's talk about Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernado, whatever name she's going to go by on... on more than likely, will sign with new, uh, either New Japan, but I'm going to bet my bottom dollar AEW. And the rumor is, is that Tony is super desperate and is willing to pay as much as it takes to make this signing. And Tony Khan's going to give his mother another stroke because he spends more money than he should have on a superstar that in six months after the signing, I guarantee you by summertime, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernado is not in the title picture. I guarantee it. I guarantee you she's on dark or wrestling the indie scene. Like the rest of the fucking people that they brought in from WWE in the women's division. Right? Who, 
outside of Tony Storm, which I, it looks like she's done with the title picture, but right now you have Britt, you have Jamie Hayter, you have Soraya, which give it six months to see if she disappears, right? But you, this would be the biggest signing ever for AEW, and I understand that, and and I understand wanting to make the signing because it immediate she immediately jumps to the best woman on the roster over Britt Baker, right? But there's not enough. Like your roster stacked too. You have way too many people here. Are like, why would you waste your money on Sasha Banks when you could easily spend that same amount of money and pay the people you already have and use the people you already have, All right? Because Sasha's gonna come here. She's gonna be another flash in the pan, three month, one hit wonder. Where she does a feud or two, and I guarantee you, after about six months in AEW, Sasha's going to wish she would have stayed with WWE and took the pay cut. Because let's just be honest, AEW doesn't treat their women near as well as WWE does. And, I mean, unless you can get in with the friends group, I mean, it's going to be Britt and Jamie at the top of that division wrestling in these matches forever. Right? It's all friends wrestling over there. Right? And unless you're in the inner circle, right? So Sasha's going to go for the paycheck, which is fine. If she wants to get paid, that's up to her. But I highly doubt that she'll be utilized in the way that she should be utilized. And more than likely, they're just going to pair her with Jade Cargill and the baddies. And she's not even going to be the main feature of the group. So... I mean, if you just want the money, Sasha, sure. But I'm certain at some point, Triple H wants to do the four horsewomen match that we all want to see. And, uh, yeah, I want to see it. The four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. If we can just get Marina Shafir and Jessamine Dukes back in WWE and keep Sasha, we can do that match. Um... So, that's a match that I've, I've always wanted to see. I know it's two or three, four years past when everyone was asking for it. But if they gave it to us on like a, a WrestleMania card, I think it would be big enough and we could get it done good enough to um, to to do some shit. That would be fun. Um... With that being said, we're done talking about that. I just think it's stupid for Tony Khan to, to go out and blow money on these superstars that demand to be paid. That WWE obviously doesn't feel that there's a there's a need to pay them that much. And I'm glad Triple H is standing his ground. Because I know Vince McMahon would have stood his ground. And I'm pretty sure this is more of a Nick Khan dealing with the, the budget standing his ground. I'm sure Triple H would do anything it takes to keep... Sasha Banks there. Um, but I'm so glad they're standing their ground because a lot of companies, like I know AEW, let's just say the roles were reversed and she was coming from AEW and was potentially going to sign with WWE. AEW, Tony Khan would be so desperate to keep them. That's that's the biggest reason why I think Tony Khan's going to re-sign MJF. It's because he's going to be so desperate 
and 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 doesn't just because MJF could go to WWE, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach into my pockets and pay more than he's worth so that he stays here. I think MJF stays put, and Tony Khan will completely overpay for MJF. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. We're going to talk about this quote-unquote wrestling community that um, the internet has, the IWC. Now, I shit on the IWC all the time um, because I think a lot of the people there don't actually understand the business. They just have their favorite wrestlers, and when their favorite wrestlers lose, they bitch and complain. And, um, well, let's take together, let's take together, and we're going to break down IWC, right? Internet. Well, the internet itself is very toxic, right? Wrestling. Wrestling fans. The wrestling business is very toxic. So why is it, IWC, that we continually surprise ourselves? And I'm going to throw myself a part of this because I am on the IWC. Why do we... I, I don't claim it in terms of like... I watch wrestling the same way they do, but I, I make content on the internet for wrestling. So I am part of the IWC. But why is it that we continually surprise ourselves that a community made up of wrestling fans, which is probably the most toxic fan base I have ever been a part of, why do we surprise ourselves that that fan base on the internet, which is the to most toxic place to exist, have toxicity. We always, every like three months I hear on TikTok, oh, this community is so toxic. Yeah, because it's internet and wrestling combined together. There's bound to be a level of toxicity in every community on the internet. It's not a surprise. But uh, I think, the, and here's the funny part to me is often the ones that tend to be the most toxic are the ones that complain about the toxicity, right? Because the ones that are, you know, leaking toxins into the community are the ones that tend to complain about it because they don't recognize that they are in and of themselves toxic. Now, I can understand, I, I, I understand I have some toxic... Uh, qualifications or, or characteristics. I understand this, right? I complain a lot. I critique wrestling a lot. And apparently that's toxic, but that's, that's my whole show is me watching and complaining or critiquing what I see. I'll praise what I love. I'll critique what I hate. That's being a, a, a fan of the business, right? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like everything is, is running smooth when it's not. And if that's toxic, then... Bleh. But the people over here who are shouting, like, we need to come together as a community. We need to come together and, 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 and lift each other up. No, you don't. You, you don't want to lift each other up. You want to give the guys that, and the, the, the pretense that uh, you want to lift each other up. But at the end of the day... the Everyone in the IWC, I'm convinced of this, is in the game for themselves. Wrestling is a super, super selfish business because if you're in it for yourself, you're going to lose screen time. If you're in it for yourself, like I'm talking about a wrestler, right? 
Understand in the in the eighties and nineties, wrestle if you got hurt, you didn't tell nobody because you would lose your spot. And if you lost your spot, you may lose your job. Right? Because if you're if someone else outtakes your spot and you don't have anything on TV, they're not gonna pay you, right? And so people would just right and people would sabotage people all the time in, in wrestling. Right? Would sabotage people. No one's your friend there. Right, I found out, if I find out, like, let's say I was a wrestler in the 80s or 90s, shit, even today, right, and there was a person I didn't like, maybe he had my spot, and the, I don't know, maybe corporate loved, you know, higher-ups booking loved this guy, but I wasn't getting any respect, and I found out, you know, maybe he was doing drugs, or he was taking roids, right, she damn straight I would go and tell on him to get my spot. Because that's what wrestling is. It's all about having the spot. Right? And and the IWC is no different. Everyone's battling for people's attention. And only a handful of people can, can be in that top spot. And so you have to be selfish to be in the IWC. You have to be toxic to be in the IWC. You have to do things that garner the attention of other people. Because let me tell you something, if you're commenting on my video, you're not commenting on someone else's video, right? Now, I personally don't give a fuck why you guys interact with my videos or not. I don't. I don't give two holy shits about it. Um, what I do care about is promoting myself realistically. So being 100% genuine and consistent in my views. So if I'm ever hypocritical, call me out on it. I call out hypocrisy. I, uh, if I understand that I have a view that would make me sort of hypocritical, I explain the view and why it, the, right. Um, and I recognize my own hypocrisies. I'll call out my own hypocrisies. I call out hypocrisies of everyone here. Right. And so what I'm, getting at by this long ass setup is TikTok, more so wrestle talk um the wrestling community on TikTok was having i guess some sort of rewards show where some inner group of of the it crowd the people who have the spot this inner circle decided in a group chat hey let's make a google doc and nominate seven thousand people Oh, no, they didn't do every single person in the community. They put the inner circle on a list. Hey, vote for us. The more I look at this list, the more I have a problem with it. My problem isn't that you want to reward creators for being good at what they do. I'm all for that. The problem is, is that you didn't have the community voice their input. And I know the response is going to be, there's an other box. You could just type them in. Could someone tell me any time in history, in any election in history where a write-in candidate has won? That was a legitimate candidate, right? Where a right a legitimate write-in candidate won. Right? But you list your inner circle, you list friends of the inner circle, and you basically have all friends, IWC, 
let's see which one of my friends gets the most votes type shit like that, right? You there's a there's a serious age gap in this list. And the guy who created the damn list who who took credit for the entire idea come came out and basically stated you, if you weren't nominated and you're complaining, it's probably because you're too old and your content is boring. Right? This is, like, he completely... Right? And now he's gone from TikTok. I'm pretty sure he, he deleted all of his videos on it, scrubbed his whole account. And rather than taking responsibility for his mistakes, he's just going to leave. Right? And And... Do whatever you want. I don't care. But here's the thing that I do care about. Let's stop trying to act like we're a fucking community. There are a handful of people in the wrestling TikTok universe that I would even consider hanging out with or having a conversation with. There, there are a handful of people that I would even consider being friends with. Because I understand how human beings are. And then most of the time they're not in it trying to be your friend to be your friend. That a lot of times they're just trying. The more information that you give them, the more they have to use against you. And I'm not all about that shit. And a lot of these people in this community, A, and I'm just going to be straight up with you, are either like super weird and when I mean super weird, I mean like they, they participate in stuff that I, you know, back in the day I would be like, oh, you fucking nerds, right? Because I'm not an anime fan. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, uh, name any other anime. Like, I, I say like Yu-Gi-Oh and shit, or Pokemon, because those are like the car. Like, one of my best friends collects Pokemon cards, and I think it's weird as shit. I really do. I've never understood the games or the cards or the shows. Never understood them. They are weird as shit to me, right? Uh, um, like, I watch sports, and that's about all, and, like, action shows. Like, I'm, that's, I, outside of wrestling, I don't do much of, like, entertainment. Outside of, like, cop uh, dramas like NCIS or uh, Chicago PD, FBI, but those are really like the only, and then Yellowstone. Those are like the only shows that I watch, right? I listen to rap music. I listen to country music. I'm not super heavy in on like the punk heavy metal shit that a lot of the, the fans want, listen to. I mean, I listen to certain groups like Linkin Park I, li- I listen to, but how old is Linkin Park? I'll listen to Nickelback, but I'll get laughed out of the building if I admit that, right? And then uh, there's a group called Backwards um, that is pro, sort of like pro-anarcho-capitalism, which is my political uh, ideology. Like my political identification is anarcho-capitalist. Um, and so I listen to them because they make some pretty decent music that's pro-liberty, pro-freedom, anti-state. Don't want to get get political here, but like, and then I listen to Tom McDonald, like, and when it comes even to rap music, it's like Tom McDonald, Chris Webby, like, anti-industry motherfuckers. Like, I'm, I don't listen to the mainstream stuff. 
right? So I'm, I don't fit in with a lot of the, the, the groups, right? Let's just not act like the wrestling community doesn't have its own cliques. I think the more I look at it, it's not the list that I give a fuck about. I don't care about the list. Have your rewards. That's fine. But don't say that this is the the Wrestle Talk Awards. If you're not going to allow Wrestle Talk as a community to nominate their own people. Right? If you're just going to create your nominations based off of who's in your inner circle and who they like. Bro, so many people got left off that list that should have been on there. Right, and I I made a video about this, and I gave some people flowers. Paulie Barrels, Shayna Hill, official, Dad Hat Wrestling. Um, I I'm gonna screw his last name up, but it's M J Duplessis, I think he used to go by Wheels. Um, the the person who got me into even knowing about Wrestle Talk was Heel Kevin. Um, and so there's so many people that should have been on this list that were solid creators. In this in in Wrestle Talk, but notice everyone I listed is older than than everyone on the list. Everyone I listed is above the average age. I would assume they're in the, you know, you know I'm 25, so, and I would consider myself part of. I would rather be associated with old TikTok than with young TikTok, right? And so I hope we can put behind us the um, the idea that we're a community because we're not. We're not a community. This is a group. We, we have our cliques where we have community, but we have a lot of people on TikTok who want to, inst- we're a community, we need to come together, we need to stop being divisive. Nah, bruh. Stop acting like that. And then create division yourself by putting out a list. And like I've said, if you want to do an award show, do it right. Nom- do the hard work. Nominate four people. Right? Nominate four people in each category. Do the work, but not. Nah. You have like between like seven and 12 people for most of the categories. And then the last category is overall creator of the year, which is basically a blanket term to cover everybody. And you have like 37 candidates. That's where people would get upset at. Because what makes those 37 candidates better than Heel Kevin or, or um, Dad Hat or Polly Barrels or Shayna? Or there's so many others that I can name. There's so many others. What makes the ones that you listed the best? Right? And then podcast of the year, I'm going to talk about. That's the only one I really had a problem with. The people nominated. So on the other categories, it was just you had way too many people nominated. Where you should have gone down to about four candidates. Um, the only one I had a, a problem with um, was podcast of the year, and I'm not afraid to call names out. 
So I've never listened to any of these podcasts on this list. So I don't know if they're good or not. So I'm not talking about quality. Um, but Phil, and again, no hate to Phil, um, his podcast, Outside the Brand, on the list. Um, but the one I'm really concerned with being on the list is Triple Threat Podcast, who has six, like six episodes, has been around for less than a month and a half, and somehow can get nominated for best podcast of the year. So my question was, how the fuck did this happen? How the fuck does a podcast who has less than two months of experience get on the best podcast of the year list? Like I've never, I want used to watch award shows all the time. I actually know a lot about award shows because I wanted to go into the music industry. Right. Um, I've never once seen a song that gets released like two months prior to the deadline of nominations get nominated for best song of the year. Right. I've never once seen it. If you've seen it, let me know. But I've never once seen, you know, a song or an album or an artist that sort of hit it and, and made the, tr- um, like, Morgan Wallen's not going to be able to put out an album two hours, or excuse me, two months before the nomination window ends and expect to be on the list for best album of the year. It just won't get the press. I mean, for, it's Morgan Wallen, so everyone will listen to it, but... I don't think it's right that he can wait till a month. Like, let's say he did do that, right? And he waits till two months before nomination window ends. It's not right that everyone else, you know, had to put out music and he gets, you know, the the, the recency bias of everyone knows this album because it literally just came out. And everyone else's came out, you know, six, eight months ago. And a lot of times they don't put in recent music because of the recency bias. So my question is, how the fuck did you make the list? How the fuck did Triple Threat get nominated? Right? That was a legitimate question I had. Well, then Johnny went and snitched on himself and said, yeah, I had to help him in making the list. Well, that's how he got on the list. Outside of the fact that Johnny, Marissa, and Erica are probably three of the most popular and when I say popular I mean like everyone wants to hang out with them and talk with them because they have you know that they seem popular you know that that like high school click where like you had the popular people and everyone just wanted to hang out over there and if you could just get around them and even have them interact with you it would make your day that's how I feel in the comment section of Marissa's video that's how I feel in the comment section of Erica's videos that we have so many dick riders who are in these comment sections that God forbid you disagree. Oh, she has the right... No no, no one has ever once said, and I'm going to release how I feel about some of these people, especially these two, Erica and Marissa. I don't hate them. I don't think they... Like, I'm not saying they need to stop posting shit. They have the right to their opinion. They have their opinion is valid because it's their opinion. However, <clears throat> I will still call out shit when when shit is said, right? Just you have the right to to post. You have the right to say whatever you want. I'm all for that. But true equality 
if that's what you want, is me being able to call out your shit the same way I would call out, you know, any other male creator's bullshit, right? If I disagree with a man, I'm going to call, say, hey, man, you're wrong. This is what I, this is what is actually going on or, right? Or if I disagree with you, me disagreeing is having a difference of opinion, not saying that your opinion is invalid, and 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 in this com in these comment sections of these two in particular, and and these two in particular, everything reads like, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right. Oh, preach today, preach today. Um, you're you're on fire tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. You have so many dick writers in their comment section. You have so many dick writers. And the second someone comes out and says you're wrong, your opinion's stupid. Doesn't mean invalid. Doesn't mean you can't say it. But some people, some people have stupid opinions. Some people just have stupid opinions, and I call out stupid. And I'm gonna give two examples. I'm gonna give two examples of things that I disagreed with. That um, you know, so. That, that, that I noticed with Marissa and Erica. And again, no hate to them as people. I've never met them. They look like genuine people. I'm sure they're cool to hang out with. I just have no no desire to hang out with people like that. The, the sort of cool crowd. Like Marissa, and this is nothing against Marissa, but she posts videos all the, uh, or pictures on Instagram all the time of her out like partying and shit. That's not my scene. So if you want to hang out with that, have fun with it. I don't want to be surrounded by that. Right, I just don't. I'm I'm an old soul. I'd rather sit at home, and 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 do my thing, right? But if you want to go waste your twenties, have fun with it. Um, that that that's just how I feel. Um, but there was a post she made blasting Roman Reigns several months ago, and I got on there and was like. You just seem like a hater. And basically her whole argument was like Matt Riddle should have beaten him. Uh, because Matt Riddle shows up for his job and Roman doesn't. And I need like I need to explain my my opinion here on this. Like at the time, right? Roman Reigns showed up for two and a half years straight. And now he takes a vacation and God forbid he's the Antichrist. In the most boring part of the year, like if y'all are... You know, I, me and my my friend, we used, like back in 2013, 2014, when I got back into wrestling, he was like, okay, so January through WrestleMania, which is like end of March, early April, that a lot of shit happens there. A lot of shit happens in August leading up to SummerSlam. But outside of that, the, the rest of the summer's boring. And most of the winter outside of Survivor Series is pretty boring. Right, so I don't ex like F Roman Reigns doesn't have to be there for backlash. There's no reason for him to wrestle every pay per view. In fact, I really wish WWE would only go to four premier live events a year, sp spaced out like every four months, because it would make him feel special, and it would almost force Roman Reigns to show up at all of them. Right, I understand that a lot of people are upset that Roman Reigns has held both titles for as long as he has. But there is, he's the only storyline that makes any sense and has any good qualities to it here in the last two years, in my opinion. 
is the bloodline storyline. Um, but my opinion it was at the time, and basically what I stated was, y'all like y'all just like to hate on Roman, and you're only bitching because Matt Riddle's one of your favorites. Which is fine, have your favorites. But just, and I feel there's so many people who if their favorites lose, then the booking's bad to them. And that's just not how the business works. You have to be able to tell a story that makes sense. And if there is no story, I don't like it. So Matt Riddle beating Roman Reigns makes no sense because Matt Riddle was not built to beat Roman Reigns. Right? And so... And so I basically told her just to stop bitching and enjoy the show. Not saying you can't have an opinion. But what I was saying was you're bitching about something that was never going to happen in the first place. It's a TV show. It shouldn't affect you this way. Right? Just sit back and watch the show. And we can discuss the show and what happened in the show. But if we're just going to sit here and complain because Roman Reigns won again and then he's going to disappear till SummerSlam, that's stupid. That's a waste of breath. Um, now, the second example it isn't really an example of something I disagreed with her on. It was a, an example of hypocrisy. She was in a live with Erica several months ago. This was almost like six, seven months ago, around the same time as that complaint. Um, and she was in a live. I don't ever watch lives. Anywhere because I'm I'm not interested enough in a lot of people's lives and what they put on live and a lot of people who go live on TikTok are like gaming. I don't give a fuck about how you're gaming. I don't. I, I if I'm playing a, if I'm watching a video game, I'd rather play it. It's more fun for me that way. Now some of these like GTA mods and like role plays I'll watch because it's a lot of if, if the creator's fun uh, and and are funny. And is, you know, able to keep me in. But a lot of these video game shit, like, I don't care about for- your, you playing Fortnite. Are you playing Call of Duty? I don't. I'm just going to be honest with you. I keep it a buck. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so she was live and they were sort of like discussing the show, but it was raw. I'm pretty sure they were talking about. And I, I, I've seen this a lot with a lot of people. Um, it may have been, it may have been a Smackdown. That Riddle was on or something. It was something. I think it was SmackDown because they were going to do SmackDown and then Rampage on this live. And what I recognized was during SmackDown, they did not pay near enough attention to the show. They they talked in the chat way too long. And I understand this is part of the reason why I never go live is because you do have to engage the fans um, when you're live. But... You got to at least watch the show before you start complaining about it. And then when Rampage came on, I only watched about 20 minutes of the the stream. I didn't even watch Rampage, but I would watch the stream. And they were paying so much more attention to Rampage than they did SmackDown. And that was part of the hypocrisy. But the hypocrisy that I really wanted to call out was during the the SmackDown portion, somehow they got to Matt Riddle's cock. Um, and they were talking about his dick and how big it was and, and, and basically they were like, yeah, man, you can go and uh, the pictures of it leaked. You can go find them on Twitter, blah, 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 blah. 
And that's useful information if you want to see it. Um, but the hypocrisy comes in, and I don't know, maybe I'm assuming things, but let's just switch the roles. Let's put me on a TikTok live talking to a bunch of men saying, yeah, man, you see those Mandy Rose leaks? Man, she has a nice rack on her. Man, her ass is nice. I would get shamed out of fucking TikTok. Probably report it. My account probably banned. All of my content deleted. You see the hypocrisy? Both, I think, should be conversations we are allowed to have. I'm not saying that what she was talking about was wrong. If that's what her fans want to hear about, if she has a lot of people who are interested in the size of Matt Riddle's cock, sure, talk about it. But then at the same time, those people would get mad at men in the wrestling sphere for talking about how hot women are. And, oh, Mandy's so fine. And, oh, you... Oh, Lacey Evans, like Lacey Evans, even, I never really discussed this, we'll mention this real quick, she got mad that people, she got more likes on pictures showing her tits than picture talking about mental health, and well, no, no shit, man, uh, Lacey, we're fucking men, none of us, we were told that our mental health doesn't mean shit, so why the f- I don't even give a fuck about my own mental health, so why the fuck would I give a care about yours or anybody, anybody else's? That's just that's just me, man. That's just me. But you got some nice tits. That that would be my thoughts. Hey, but you're also okay showing your tits, right? So you can't have this fake outrage of oh you're you're sexualizing and all men are gross and they only care about titties while taking pictures that show your titties, right? Or like Sonia Deville. I'm gonna go on this tangent. This this uh rabbit hole uh hopefully i don't meet bray wyatt because he's still back in the rabbit hole we haven't got any anyway uh, that's that's a story for another time um but uh suplex said it best this man this motherfucker been giving a giving a promo for two fucking months and we ain't gotten shit out of it anyway what was i even talking about oh sonia deville Posted a picture with her and her girlfriend, and they were basically fucking making out in front of the camera, which I'm not complaining about. But here's my question. This is a legitimate question. If women are allowed to post these things, if women in wrestling are allowed to post them nearly naked, them making out on TV, the the lesbian action, uh... And they're allowed to post it on Instagram. And they're allowed to post bikini pics. And they're allowed to post and have OnlyFans. Like Mandy Rose does. Why the fuck do I get shamed for saying we should bring back sexiness in the, in the, in the wrestling community? That it would bring back the 90s audience. Why the fuck do I get shamed for saying, you know, there should be a section of the roster that isn't in the main picture. I'd love to see some of these women in a bra and panties match. Not all the time. We shouldn't do it every fucking week. 
But could you imagine like Mandy Rose? And I'm trying to think of a and Bay. I don't know about Bailey. Um, but there's some of them that are just flat out gorgeous. Carmella, Dana Brooke, some of these women, right, who are already posting bikini pictures. They're allowed to do that. They're allowed to sexualize themselves. But God forbid you try to bring men back to watching wrestling. And 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 oh, you're so you're so gross. You're you're a misogynist. No, because they're already posting. The women themselves understand that their body is their way to make money. I'm just saying we should put it in a longer scale audience, a larger scale audience, and help out WWE and AEW's programming at the same time as benefiting the women, right? Just because you're like all these women understand the power of sexy pictures because men are simple creatures. I'm just saying if they're allowed to post it on Instagram and it's okay and women will praise them, I want y'all to shut the fuck up about me being like, God, you're so hot. Or, oh, man, he has a nice ass. Because anytime you say something like that, as a man, you get shamed. I'm just saying. All right. This has been a long-ass podcast. Did not mean to go on this many tangents. But we're finally at our main event. Let's talk about 10 people. I'm going to try to keep this short. 10 people that I think either don't get enough credit or should be higher on the card or who the fans don't respect, you know, around that line, right? So let's go ahead and just jump into it. Um, Baron Corbin is is on the list. He's the first one on the list. Um, this current gimmick sucks, but he's made. He, Baron Corbin has that it factor. He's funny to me. He's definitely a better heel than he is a face. But I think um, it, I hate that they use him as a comedy. That's where I'm. I'm like this JBL gimmick had benefits to or had like the the potential of really boosting Baron Corbin to the to the main event picture and instead they're continuing him being sort of like a comedy gimmick and I'm not a fan of that uh, Baron Corbin's so much better than that um Dolph Ziggler is number two um Dolph Ziggler being at number two, and that is because, and everyone should agree with me, Dolph Ziggler is the hardest motherfucking worker, the most overlooked worker in a, of our generation. Motherfucker should have had like three or four world title runs. He's the best entering worker I've ever seen. I will stand by that. Um, and he's good on the mic. Um, he has charisma. I don't know why Dolph Ziggler got shat upon. Um and didn't get pushed nearly as much as he should have been. Number three, and this one's going to cause some some uh, some drama. I can see if, if this gets heard. Um, Natalia. Um, now, Natalia's on this list because as long as she's not in the title picture and she's sort of like that in that gatekeeping role at this point in her career, 
where younger women or newer women can, you know, have a match with her and and then they'll beat her and uh, she can put them over. She does a very good job at that. So I don't think she gets enough credit for how many people she can she's put over. Right? She's put over Charlotte. Charlotte in NXT had the match with her and that put her over. Um was it Cora? There was somebody that Natalia went down to NXT here recently and put over. So uh, I don't remember exactly who it is. Um, but Natalia's put over a lot of women. Now, I understand the hatred for her when she's in the world title picture. Because she does not need to be there. I don't think she's that good. But playing like the, the role of getting people over. She's good enough in the ring and good enough at telling stories that she could do that. Now, number four is probably the most egregious at the current moment. Chad fucking Gable. And all I'm going to say is if you can overcome being booked as a motherfucker named Shorty G and then come out and still be a comedy gimmick in um, the Alpha Academy, like this motherfucker, I love Chad Gable. He, I loved American Alpha. And it's a shame that they split it up. And it's a shame that Jason Jordan got hurt. And so there can't be really a reunion. But Chad Gable is the anticipation. Well, it, not antithesis because that means opposite. Um, he is the exact definition of what a professional is in the wrestling business. I have not heard one complaint from Chad Gable about the position he's been booked in. Now imagine how many people... Should take the same effect, uh, uh, take the same stance at Chad Gable. Don't complain. Do your job. I hope that this leads Chad Gable to a championship run. I see your United States, or maybe hell, even a world title run. Um, at some point, he de- he he deserves it because he's played his part for so long at getting people over, and he's done a damn good job at it. Him and Otis are one of the funniest things on Raw. Um, I love it, and uh, Chad Gable needs more respect. That's all I'm going to say. Number five is Sheamus. Up until here recently, Sheamus, no one talked about him, but dude was putting on bangers. Um, And consistently proving why he should be here. Um, I don't have much to say about Seamus because now he's sort of like getting some praise and people are now recognizing, you know, he helped with, he did a good job with the bar. He's typically safe when he's in the ring. He's like, he puts on good matches and he, I think Seamus should get an IC push and a potential world title push before he retires. Number six. Now these aren't in order, by the way, of like, most egregious to like least, but it's just 10 people, right? So number six is Sami Zayn. Um, without Sami Zayn right now, this current run for the bloodline, I think would have been over. I think the initial plan was to put Sami in there to divide the bloodline. And that's what of what sort of broke would, would have broken them up. But I think that they've gotten that Sami Zayn made them change the plan because he got it over so much. Um, that I, I think they changed the plans and that's why they kept it together and this run has been great 
And even before this, like, as much as I hated the sort of, like, Fidel Castro conspiracy theorist gimmick that he did, he did a good job doing it. Um, he legitimately made people hate him, right? Um, and Sami Zayn has just done whatever has been asked of him. I hope he gets a title push. I don't think he's had a main roster title that I can think of. So I hope he gets a title push um, at some point because of this run. He's the top dog right now. I mean, Roman's the top dog. But, like, Sami Zayn's probably the most liked person in WWE right now. Um, in terms of fan reaction. Number seven. I said I had a tag team. Here it is. Hit Row. I don't understand the hate for Hit Row. I don't understand the hate for Hit Row. You need Hit Row. Here's why. You need people to play the role of Jobber. You can't just throw someone in Jobber mode, right? And then Hit Row, I'm certain, is just happy to be there. On the number one platform... For wrestling, getting paid a shit ton of money, like, and I'm sure they don't like losing all the time, but if I was told by Triple H, hey, we're going to bring you in, we're going to pay you this amount of money, this large sum of money, for you to come in on Fridays and just lose, you don't have to do much, show off just a little bit, have some fun, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. You're stupid if you think that I that you're stupid if you get a call from WWE that says we're gonna pay you a shit ton of money to to work a five minute match where all you gotta do is is take a few moves, take a few bumps, dance around a little bit, have some fun, and here's your money. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that. You're stupid if you say no to that. Oh, but but they're taking other they're not taking no tag team shine. Not, there's not a single other tag team in that position, right? Because what? What? You want them to put, name a tag team that you guys like. You want them to put them in the spot of losing to get the Viking Warriors over? Viking Raiders, excuse me. You want you want them in that spot to put the Viking Raiders over? Or would you rather see Hit Row put the Viking Raiders over? I'm just saying. Um, And to that offense, like, then they... And then you understand with Hit Row that there's a social media presence that AJ Francis has and that Ashanti the Adonis has and that B-Fab has that far out beats a lot of the tag teams there. Uh, AJ Francis can fucking spit. In these raps he releases every Friday on TikTok, he can fucking spit. And like he says, who's hotter than top dollar, not nada. So... Hit Row needs more respect. I need you to put some respect on their motherfucking name. I get heated up because I love Hit Row. Right? And everyone's like, oh, they need Swerve. No, they don't. They don't need Swerve. They don't need to be at the top. Would I love if Hit Row won the tag team championships? Absolutely. But they're not. it's not needed. You need Hit Row. You need your jobbers. You need someone like Chad Gable. You need someone like Top Dollar in these positions because of um, or else your main players who get pushed and beat these guys don't exist, right? Without top dollar, without hit row, Viking Warriors can't be seen as legitimate. Now, I think that this push again is going to fail. 
I think they're a failed experiment. They've been they've been failed so many times that a lot of people just can't get behind them. Um, so I think we need to stop with them, honestly. Um, but you know, like like without a without a Chad Gable, you can't push over like Randy and 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 and, uh, and Riddle, right? That whole feud was great, and without Alpha Academy. RK Bro doesn't get over. It just doesn't. You need these people to help put over other people. You need your jobbers. They're, they're, the, to me, the jobber is more important than the superstar at the top of the, the... You need your jobber. So, put some respect on Hit Row's name. Now, number eight, number nine, and number ten don't necessarily not get a lot of respect. They're just not... Well, two of them are, are known... Um. You'll understand when, when when I talk. So number eight is Josh Alexander out of Impact. I wish he was on a bigger brand because this motherfucker is one of the greatest in-ring performers. Coming from a guy who doesn't care about in-ring performer uh, all that often, it's if if you were to give me the three categories of charisma, look, and in-ring performance, in-ring performance is in third place. But Josh Alexander, he has some look. I ha- I haven't really heard a promo from him in a while because I don't watch Impact all that much. But when I did, and, and I watched him in the North, and so maybe he was a little bit more eccentric because he had uh, all the ego Ethan Page with him, and he did a lot of the talking. But from what I can remember, Josh Alexander can do a pretty decent promo. But this motherfucker can wrestle and put on a damn good story in the ring. And I wish he was on a better platform. I want Josh Alexander in WWE. In the he doesn't even have to be in the main card picture, but I want Josh Alexander. Um, the uh, only other person from Impact that I would even be he- considered to want is Moose. I just want to see Moose in WWE just because I think he's very very good. Um. But I don't think we'll see that happen, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Josh Alexander deserves some respect. Um, I'm not going to tell you to go and watch Impact and and, and and all of that. I don't necessarily care if you do or not, because I know I won't. I just don't have time for it. Um, but Josh Alexander deserves some respect. Number nine is Cody Rhodes. And what I mean by Cody Rhodes needing some respect is this motherfucker built AEW and he's going to come in and he's going to be the biggest motherfucking baby face. And I know people gave him his flowers for that, that, that what I call the purple titty match. The, the Hell in a Cell match. I know people gave him his flowers. But I want y'all to put some respect on what this motherfucker did for the game. For the, for the industry. He got fired from WWE and recognized, I'm going to be back here. I don't care how long it takes, but I'm coming back. And I'm going to get respect. And he came to the indie scene dominated the indie scene, made his money on the indie scene, um, and now he, he found a bunch of marks in the, in the game, in the Young Bucks and the rest of the elite, and said, hey, let's start a company. And he found a mark named Tony Khan to fund it, and said, hey, would you fund, it, it, you could have your dream of owning your own company in the wrestling business. And Tony Khan funded it. And Cody Rhodes, the second he could slip out at the top of the fucking free agent chart, 
got his money and his position that he wanted in WWE as the biggest babyface in this goddamn company two months after putting on potentially the greatest fucking match in AEW history against Sammy uh, Guevara in that ladder match for the TNT Championship. Cody Rhodes needs some fucking respect. There's so many people who shat on him for leaving. So many people who shat on him while he was in WWE. Put some respect on this motherfucker's name. The only thing I hated when he was in AEW was it looked like he was booking himself to win all the time. But that was when the, the, the EVP... And I, but with that being said, he needed to raise his... He needed to raise his stake, right? So... I respect Cody Rhodes and his grind and and his ability to recognize we could do this, right? And and I, Cody Rhodes understood that if he created competition for WWE, they would pay him more than he was probably worth to bring him back if he was at the top of the game. Now, number 10, someone that needs more respect, and it's not really more respect, it's that he just deserves better treatment. Um, and that is Miro. Um, when he was in WWE, they didn't give two fucks about him. He had Rusev Day over more than anything I've ever seen over organically. But Vince McMahon just didn't like things getting over organically, so he didn't push it. He had Rusev Day so fucking over. Um, to the point that like, I hated the chant, because every show I would go to, there would be a fucking Rusev Day chant. And I'm one of the people... I'm one of those people that if a chant, like if you're trying to chant Rusev Day and WWE's not trying to push Rusev, you're just wasting your breath. And so to me, it started to get annoying that they would like the fans would sort of hijack these shows. Rusev Day, Rusev Day, right? And I get it. You want to see Rusev, but if they're not pushing them, read the fucking room and shut the fuck up. Um, that's just how I am. Um, but he deserved to get over with Rusev Day. I'm not going to, to, to deny that he deserved to get a push and uh, Rusev Day deserved to get over, but WWE didn't want to push him. So shut the fuck up with the chance. And now he comes over to AEW as Miro and he gets a few TNT title. He gets a TNT title reign, a few matches, but then the rest of the time he's like nothing. Right. And, and, and. Miro, is the grass really that much greener over at AEW, or are you still sitting in fucking catering? Like, he deserves more respect. Because Miro is probably better than a, a lot of what's going on on your TV today. Right? Tony Khan, my dude, you just spent the last three months trying to sell ROH to the execs at Warner, and you couldn't even get a fucking TV deal, and... And the amount of time that you put ROH on TV, you could have fucking put Brian Cage. You could have put, um, um, what the fuck is that other big fuck's name? Um, I doesn't give a fuck. Uh, you could have put Miro on TV. You could have put Hobbs in a, 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 some good storylines, right? You could have, uh, Archer, that's his name. You could have put Archer, um, on TV. You have so many good professional wrestlers. But nah, let's fucking put ROH on TV. Try to try to pre- present this as it's that the crowd will love it. The crowd obviously didn't love it because you went from 1.1 million viewers 
to 800,000 viewers, the more ROH was on TV. And I think the executive saw that, Tony, and said, we don't want this shit. So now you're stuck having to fucking pay for ROH. Now, how many fucking people are going to do that? I don't know. I'm sure there's some marks out there that will happily add it to their, their, their list of money mama has to give them. I, for one, will not be one of those. I don't care enough about ROH to watch it, so we'll we'll just let it play out. Um, anyway, yeah, those that's my top ten. This has been a, a pretty long episode, but a pretty fun episode for me to record. I hope you had just as much fun listening to me rant on all of these topics. That's what I'm here for, right? So this has been another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. I'm just going to remind you guys, you can go like me on TikTok at We2Deep413. That's also my TikTok, my TikTok and my Twitter, and then Twitch is We2Deep, and then there's an underscore 413 um, on on Twitch. Um, now, I'm not going to use Twitch all that much, but you can still like it if you want. I might go live every now and then. Um but we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out in the future. Again, this has been the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randall Beatley. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I will see you on the next episode.